Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program is on the clock. If you want to join our Locals community, go to Locals.com. Wendy Bell Radio is what you plug in. And it's kind of cool because we give you a rundown of the entire show. We show you all of the links that we use so that you can go the next step. You can check for yourself. And and I think, as I said in the opening monologue, the time is now to question absolutely everything. And you know for a fact, if you're looking for something, you're searching something, and you happen to see this bevy of fact-checking articles about it, what you're searching for is the truth. And they are trying so desperately to keep you from receiving it. And that is why we do what we do every day, giving it to you so you can do your own research. Locals.com, Wendy Bell Radio. All right, so this Gallup poll is out. And it's not a huge uh, shock, I think, to any of us paying attention. Immigration leads reasons Biden's detractors disapprove. This is news.gallup.com. So this is intriguing because I think we've been talking about the border ever since Joe Biden on day number one of his nine or 10 executive actions that he took. Seven were about the border and granting an open door asylum invitation to anybody anywhere on the planet who wanted to get here. I mean, that and crippling our our own energy independence by stopping Keystone XL. This was the beginning of what has been a disastrous, hurtful, sucky Joe Biden presidency by design, by design. But now all of a sudden people are super paying attention to it because there's crime in their neighborhoods, because they feel like those two men in Minneapolis who have taken $100,000 off the cost of their house, the value of their house, so that they can get rid of it, so they can get the hell out of the hellscape that the Democrats have created in Minneapolis, Minnesota. 
So this is how the predicate of what we're about to hear in a CNN Anderson Cooper Van Jones exchange. This is the reality of this Gallup poll. As President Joe Biden starts his reelection year with more Americans disapproving than approving of how he's handling his job, Gallup finds his detractors mainly focused on issues when explaining their view with immigration the single most often mentioned factor. Meanwhile, those who approve largely offer kind of general positive statements about his performance, such as he's doing a good job or he's not Trump. Okay, so in a in a two to one fashion. 19 percent when asked to say, what is your number one issue that concerns you and motivates you about 2024 getting to the polls in November. Immigration comes in at 19%. At 8%, 9% is the economy. That is how big now the pendulum has swung as people are paying more and more attention to all of these border implications that have, like a snake, slithered into their neighborhoods. So all of a sudden, Joe Biden has this epiphany, right? I guess maybe maybe I should do something at the border. Well, you know, an executive action is all it takes to shut things down. That's all it takes. One thing. Undo what you did on January 20th, 2021. And of course, for the last several years, what has he been saying? It's House Republicans. They won't get on a program. They won't do this. They want to use this as a political game. Really? But you need to hear the voices who are pushing this out to the faithful of the left, CNN. On CNN's Anderson Cooper 360, I think it's called, he's going to have Van Jones on. Look, I like Van Jones. Van Jones to me is a totally I, I disagree with his politics. I do not see the world through the same lens that he does, but he has instances of clarity um, and he has lucid arguments that sometimes make sense to those of us on the right. So that said, I want you to hear this exchange. In audio soundbite number one, Van Jones does drop the, the, the truth. There is a number at which it's too much, where the average person wakes up and says, wait, what? That Donald Trump thinks 18 million people will come into this country total, all told, in Joe Biden's presidency before he, he kind of slithers away. Here's Van Jones, audio soundbite number one. Bringing CNN's uh, political commentator and former special advisor, President Obama, Van Jones. So, Van, the executive action, if it's actually implemented, it might certainly anger progressive Democrats. What mm -hmm. other options does Biden have at a time when 79% of Americans, according to recent CNN polls, say the situation at the border is a crisis and a bipartisan deal can't get a, you know, a floor vote in Congress. Um, he doesn't have a lot of options. And look, here's reality. Everybody has a number uh, that is too big uh, before they say something's got to be done. Some Republicans, if one person came across their undocumented, they'd say shut the whole border down, build the wall, and never let, let the door be back open. For some people, it might be 10. Some people, it might be 100,000, a million. 
5 million, 50 million. At some point, the number's too big even for Democrats. And now we're at a place where because Congress won't act, Republicans won't let Congress act, the number is too big of people coming across the border, even for Democrats. And so the president is going to take some action. Reality is the courts might strike it down. Also, to your point, he's floating these trial balloons to kind of see what the reaction is. But if Republicans are going to politicize the issue and then refuse to act on it, Biden has to do something. Wow. Now, baked into so many of those words is flat out BS. And it started with Anderson Cooper's question. If a bipartisan deal can't get a floor vote in Congress, let's talk about why, Anderson. It's because Democrats and and rhinos want to lump something together that involves funding for foreign countries. We want our borders secure. We don't believe we also have to fund Israel. We also have to fund Palestine. We also have to have to or pal- yeah, but we also have to fund Ukraine. Build the damn wall. Get it done. This is not complicated. It's complicated when you try to piggyback a bunch of garbage. We're going to fund a war in Ukraine that I don't know if, if there's enough money in the world to help Vladimir Zelensky win and we want to be an endless check for them. No, and rightly so. House Republicans have drafted legislation and it's over a year old and it is sat there and it has festered because Democrats want this never ending gravy train of money laundering to continue. And to Van Jones point, what the, what is the number? What is the number that's too many, too many migrants, too many dollars? What is that number? Now, Anderson Cooper continues And he's going to continue to push this idea that Republicans are just woeful. Like we're just we don't care. We don't want to get involved. We don't want to take action. We don't want to. This is a political game to us. It's a very dangerous predicate. And he knows he's lying. Go. It's interesting, Priscilla, because the Republicans who have refused to act on it have said, well, there are executive actions the president could take. Obviously, this is is one of them. Yeah, Anderson, there are things that the president could have taken from day one, but it was purposeful. You know, it's purposeful. Stop trying to blame Republicans. We are smarter than your network, sir. And your people are waking up, which is why your ratings are going down. Don't propagandize our safety and our security. Finally, Van Jones comes back in and he says it for real. Let's stop pretending that these people are all asylum seekers. These aren't all people fly fleeing, you know, tyranny or war or famine. These are people with other agendas. Listen. One of the the infuriating things about this is that many of the people who will be claiming asylum are just on the face of it not really eligible. I mean, they're, they're, you know, it's understandable why they're leaving their countries. They want a better life for their children. They want a better, <laughs> uh, you know, better income. Uh, they're, they're fleeing a lack of, of security. They in want their free stuff, but Anderson. It's not or religious persecution, which is, or the, uh, all the, the things, you know, asylum is a very particular thing that you are yep. claiming. <clears throat> yes. And that and that that is the challenge that I think America's been facing. It's like somebody figured out some clever way to jump the turnstile uh, at the at the uh, subway and kind of get away with it. it. One person does it, two people. Then pretty soon the whole sub- subway is just full of people who are just who are basically uh, exploiting a loophole. That's what's happened with our asylum laws. 
We put those asylum laws in, pra in place proudly uh, after World War II when people were trying to flee uh, Hitler's uh, butchery and couldn't get out of the country and couldn't get here. And so we put those in place for a good reason, but now there are people who are just uh, using it and abusing it. It's got to be fixed. Uh, uh, Biden was willing to cut a deal. The Republicans would rather leave the border open for a political purpose than keep the country safe. Biden's trying to do something, and I hope he figures it out. Okay. Like I said to you guys at the very beginning, we're going to dig deeper. Let's talk about that. Republicans want to keep the border open. They want to use it as a political tool in 2024. For real, Van, because I'm going to take you on for this. And it's coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. It's almost like you're playing with a child. You're playing a very adult game with children who only see one move at a time. And you can see the entire board. You know where all of the moves are. That's how I feel when I, when I listen to these Democrat voices. And it's insulting. And we were just talking in the commercial break about the allegation of, of Donald Trump when he, when he won and then lost allegedly in 2020 um, that we were going to get some kind of an integrity infusion in our government. The White House, all of a sudden, there was going to be someone with great integrity as though it had been lacking prior. And I don't see where Donald Trump did not act with integrity at all. He disrupted the machine. And for that, this is revenge for these people. Pure, unadulterated hatred. And it's juxtaposed by Trump, who sees the plays, but who's motivated by love of country. The two sides could not be more different to me. And so to push back on Anderson Cooper and Van Jones and anybody out there who wants to allege that House Republicans, Senate Republicans, the GOP in general isn't serious about the border. We're not serious about making a deal. We're not serious about tackling the problem. You morons created it. And then your solution to it was to soak America for a hundred plus more billion dollars, right? A pittance of which would do even the slightest to do anything to control what's going on at the border. And as responsible people, the majority of the Republicans said no. And they came up with something. This is, remember, H.R. 2. This was last May, ladies and gentlemen, that this was passed. And it was passed unanimously, if I'm not mistaken. It was a complete party line vote. Why would House Democrats vote against the following? Requiring the Department of Homeland Security to resume border wall construction. Why would you be opposed to that? Because you want people coming in as much as possible. Number two, increasing the number of Border Patrol agents. Democrats were opposed to that as well. Why would you be opposed to that? Number three, tightening asylum standards by restricting asylum to only aliens who present at ports of entry and by requiring aliens to prove that they are more likely than not to qualify for their asylum claim. There's got to be some onus, some responsibility on the people who are coming here and claiming it. You got to be able to prove it. Don't make the trek if you can't prove it, because if you can't, you're getting on a boat, you're getting on a plane, you're getting somewhere, you're leaving. Why would Democrats be opposed to that? Also, 
Republicans passed unanimously the idea we should narrow the Department of Homeland Security's power to unilaterally grant parole to illegal aliens. Alejandro Mayorkas was impeached because he decided to wave with a magic wand. That's not how the system works. Number five, they also wanted to criminalize visa overstays by making the first offense a misdemeanor published, punishable by up to a $1,000 fine and the second offense to be double that and worse. Why, again, would, would House Democrats not want to go for that? Why would you want to stop NGOs, those non-governmental organizations, from using your tax dollars to transport or lodge illegal aliens and provide them with lawyers? Why would you be opposed to that, Democrats? Hey, Anderson. Hey, Van. Don't you dare wag your fingers at us and tell us that we're not serious. Your plans suck. Our plans move the needle, but you want everything wide open. And you know what? Senate Republicans were ready to go along with this as well. Senator Cruz, this is September of last year. Ted Cruz introducing Senate companion to the House passed Secure the Border Act. What, why is it that we can't get anything done? Because the, the Senate is run by Democrats. And the Democrats don't want the border fixed. They just need a scapegoat. They need a reason to blame somebody. And now Joe Biden is feeling the tightening of the noose because his own people are fleeing their homes. They're leaving their states. They see what's coming and they know who is responsible. Now, it would be a beautiful thing if people who watch CNN, the few who are remaining, would think critically And investigate these people's answers and the finger pointing and the blame game. But all they need to do is ask themselves a very simple question. What was their life like before Donald Trump left office? And what is it like now? And what changed? Not that difficult. When you stop playing like a child. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, let's talk about this, my friends. Kevin O'Leary blistering the takedown of a CNN news hack who wasn't ready for it. It's enjoyable and you deserve it next. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. You know, it's interesting. Donald Trump is he occupies the news He lives in the minds of people who cannot tolerate him because he's the leader of something that is almost indescribable. Because it it is hard to put into words what it feels like to be afraid about the future of our country. It's hard to put into words that sickening feeling you have when you see what you've taken for granted all your life slipping through your fingers. And so because of this real polar opposite in the, in the continuum where we are, MAGA, making America great again, and everything that goes into that versus where we're presently living, there, there's really not 
a choice to so many of us. But this this notion that that Donald Trump is guilty of defrauding banks, of lying about the value of his brand, all of these things that for which he is being criminally prosecuted and the, and the punitive judgments against him have been just ridiculous. You're getting people talking about it on, on a level that takes him out of it. And it's almost impossible to, to do that. But the overarching implications for everybody, when we look at any assault on Donald Trump personally, you can extrapolate what happens next. And it's scary. And somebody who I have not really followed, I find him to be arrogant um, and conceited, and that's not my kind of guy, is Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. So, you know, his net worth, hundreds of millions of dollars, et cetera, et cetera. He has been very interesting in this case against Donald Trump in which he's been fined $350 million plus. And this rabid attorney general and Letitia James, who is just out for blood. You know, they've been chumming the waters and she's she's made it to the boat. She's ready. She's ready to go. Kevin O'Leary, though, was on with CNN. There's a woman on CNN. And her name is Laura Coates. I apologize to you. I don't. Well, no, I don't. I don't really watch much, but I flip around. And they're having this exchange where Laura Coates thinking either she thinks that Kevin O'Leary is a Democrat and, and will be able to fall in line with her reasoning that it's totally rational for Donald Trump to get fined and pay all these things because we need there to be an even playing field in New York. What does that mean to you? It means you got a lot of people out there who are butthurt that Donald Trump is really successful. And there's nothing more socialist, communist, Marxist, progressive than taking from those who have a lot and trying to get everybody on the same bank account, the same field. That's socialist. Everybody's got the same. It's also a killer, a killer for entrepreneurial spirit. But that's the idea. Kevin O'Leary just takes this woman this Laura Coates, and he summarily eviscerates her in a way that we need to hear, okay? So I have three audio sound bites, and, and th- they're very purposeful. In this, in this first one, she says, wouldn't people be less likely to want to do business, or he does, wouldn't people do, want to do business less likely in New York after seeing how this judge has so rabidly gone after Donald Trump? Who on earth, who invests in property, in real estate, the way I do, Kevin O'Leary says, who would ever want to come to New York? Step beyond the Donald Trump part of it and look at the ripple effect of what could come next. Audio soundbite number one. Wouldn't there be many companies who would not want to do business or loan money to people like yourself or investors if they know that they can get away with fraud and there's no recourse to protect them? Excuse me, what fraud? I don't, I, this is not about Trump anymore. When you I know. get a developer, when you get a developer that builds a building and he says it's worth $400 million and he wants to borrow $200 million from a bank, which happens every day, everywhere on earth, including every American city, 
Every developer is an entrepreneur. They shine the light on their building and they say it's worth 400. The bank does its own due diligence, as was done in this case, because they're very good at it. The banks are very good, and they say no, it's worth 300. We're only going to loan you 150 million. That haggling has gone on for decades. That's how it works. And then, in this case, even the bank that was supposedly defrauded testified and said, "We didn't lose anything. We want to do business with this guy again." We'd like to, but the judge said, no, 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 no. Let's penalize this developer for $355 million. And if we're going to do that, let's penalize all the developers all across America. They've all done the same thing. All of them should go to jail and we should stop building buildings. That's what the message is from New York. Even the governor herself is concerned about what this looks like to investors all around the world. It's not just U.S. domestic. All well, around the world, people are talking about what happened here. You really think people want to invest money in New York after this? No, they don't. What do we already know? A trillion is already up and left. How much more? Now, this is the opportunity for her to show that she's listening to somebody who clearly has a lot of experience in this realm. And she wants to learn something. That's how I approach my job as I interview people, right? I don't come at you with some preconceived notion. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pigeonhole you, corner you into, into saying what I want you to say. I want to learn what you know. Because if I don't know, all you folks who are watching me and listening to me right now, you probably don't know either. So that's why I speak very little. And I listen an awful lot. Laura Coates apparently was not listening. Here you go. Here's proof. How about we go well, somewhere I, I else? Think, how, I think there are to... people who would, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I want to converse well, with you, you instead. You just did. I, it's, it's only because I want <laughs> to have a conversation, a, you know what? Kevin, as opposed you, to just you, having you tell me. I respect you because you're a lawyer. You're a lawyer. You understand <laughs> well, exactly what I'm talking about. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm respectable for a number of reasons, Kevin O'Leary, but being a, law, a lawyer is one of those issues. But I'll tell you, when I, when I hear your conversation, and I do want to converse with you about this point, <laughs> I understand that there are legitimate concerns that were raised during the trial and will continue to be raised about who the quote-unquote, who is actually bringing the suit. It wasn't the banks who were saying that we as consumers are unsophisticated feel this way. But Letitia James, the attorney general, and I know you want to expand beyond Trump, has suggested, well, it's about making the playing field level for those who are not the major and billionaire investors, but for those who are supposed to put business records out there, want to get a loan, the idea of making sure that they have to have the same true statements included as those who have a lot more money. Is there any weight to that for you? The law is not about engineering social outcomes. It is not about going after somebody that you hate and trying to destroy them by making up garbage for whom there is no victim, there is no crime, and saying, well, we don't like you because you're rich and you're white and you're winning, because that's what it is. We hate you because you are successful and we live, we fester in the angry, right? Kevin O'Leary's response. Oh my, here you go. Well, I asked you who lost money and I make it even clearer. You and I, we're developing a data center together. And I say to you, we can go to New York where this just happened. It's your money now. 
you're now an investor and you're taking risk, you're an entrepreneur with me, right beside me, we're together on the deal, or I can show you Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia, where the governors actually ran businesses. Let's go there, where this never happened before. They have power, they have permits, they've got legislation that's supportive of entrepreneurship. Why would we go to New York? Why take the risk? My only point is, did we just diminish the great state of New York yes. and the great people of New York? And shouldn't they ask for better management so they don't become a flyover state? Remember, New York has the highest taxes in the country, the worst regulatory environment, and it's incredibly mismanaged. And I'm pointing out now on top of that, you get this insanity, a, a victimless crime. And forget about Trump. It's not about Trump. I don't care about Trump in this. I care about America and I care about entrepreneurship and I care about democracy and the fairness the judicial system is now being criticized. People are asking themselves, the bar of New York, is this judge rational to charge $355 million in a case where no one lost any money? Is that good for the people of New York? Should the people of New York wake up to this and say, what's happening to us? Why is this becoming so perverse? Why are we the focus of this injustice? And I have nothing to do with Trump. I'm not supporting Trump. I'm supporting American entrepreneurship. And New York is slowly becoming the number one loser state in America. I'm sorry. That's what's happening. That is the fact. That is the threat to democracy. That is the reality of where we are. Now, Laura Coates is sitting there. I'm not even so sure she was paying attention to what he said because she's got one tracker triggering and it's hate trump go after trump this is why 89 percent of the news coverage of the man still is negative this guy's not been in office for three years ladies and gentlemen and they can't help themselves it's all they have and now people like kevin o'leary who is not a conservative from what i can what i know of him is not a conservative he's saying take the guy out of it you're ruining the foundation of this country. You have taken the bedrock of these United States and you've packed them with freaking dynamite because you are rabid. You are the threats to democracy. I'm not so sure she heard that. In fact, I'm sure she didn't. So this lunacy... That, that more and more people are now not just seeing, they're standing up and saying, screw you, I'm done with this. Well, it's going to take us to a very intriguing story. A professor who was fired last year for saying the truth gets his job back because sometimes biology wins. Amazing, I know. I've got the details for you. A sweet reversal as the boomerang comes back to hit the activists next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. The, the whole inside out, upside down thing um, going on that is so obvious is beyond frustrating uh, to those of us who are paying attention because it's there's so much depravity and you almost have to compartmentalize the many ways in which this narrative of progress, which is really America in retrograde, 
it's us dying. Donald Trump is right. It is the death of our country. Our country is on the decline. And it's because these voices uh, of progressivism, of liberal garbage, <clears throat> have been allowed to out-megaphone everybody else who I believe is the majority who just really hasn't wanted to go for, to bat for this because they see other people get taken down. You get doxxed, lose your job, lose your reputation. You know, it's, the, it's getting run out of town, proverbially. And a lot of people aren't, they're not willing to take that stand. And for whatever reason, it is their choice. I get it. We have been on the side of vocalizing all of this, asking questions, calling out the cover-ups, uh, calling out when people come for us with, with you know, knives out. They're very protective of this progressive idea of where we're all supposed to march in line together. And I wholly reject it because I see it's to slaughter. And I'm not getting in the cattle chute. You do you, but I'm not. And so when stories like these bubble forward, I think it's important that we talk about them. And this is a headline uh, I need you to hear college reinstates biology professor who was fired after teaching sex is determined by X and Y chromosomes. I know scandalous, isn't it? So what you learned growing up that this guy was continuing to teach at the college level got him fired. That is called crazy town. And sometimes crazy town has a statute of limitations. And in this case, it ran out. Okay, a biology professor was fired from a Texas community college for teaching students that X and Y chromosomes determine sex has been reinstated. First Liberty Institute, a law firm that defends religious liberty for Americans, announced in a Tuesday press release that St. Philip's College in San Antonio, Texas, had reinstated Dr. Johnson Varkey, a former adjunct professor, a year after he was terminated. Terminated! For telling the truth about everything we know about. You're being told reality is no longer real. Right? It's ridiculous. The law firm noted that they had filed a charge of discrimination at the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission against St. Phillips and the Alamo Community College District earlier this year. We're happy that the Alamo Community College District voluntarily reinstated Dr. Varkey, blah, 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 blah. So a lot of mumbo jumbo. So how did this go? When teaching the human reproductive system, that he was fired in January of 2023, when teaching the human reproductive system, Dr. Varkey also stated that human sex is determined by chromosomes X and Y, and that reproduction must occur between a male and a female to continue the human species. First Liberty stated last June in the course of teaching human anatomy and physiology. He made these statements in every class for 20 years without any incident or complaint. Now, this is also what we're taught in biology in junior high school. So that this is something that's cataclysmically offensive at the collegiate level to me is scary. Complaints against Varkey that ultimately led to his firing said he had engaged in religious preaching, discriminatory comments about homosexuals and transgender individuals, anti-abortion rhetoric, and misogynistic banter. 
And that is teaching, quote, pushed beyond the bounds of academic freedom with his personal opinions that were offensive to many individuals in the classroom, according to a letter from the law firm. So he told the truth and a bunch of progressive lunatics got butthurt by it and they decided to launch their lynch mob and they got their torches and they got their lighters and they got their pitchforks and they went for them. Except maybe biology here is too strong an argument to fight against. On November 8th, 2022, four of Varky's students walked out of his class when he stated that sex was determined by X and Y chromosomes, just as he had done dozens of times before. First Liberty argued his teachings are supported by his education and experience in the field as well as his religious beliefs. But throughout his employment, he never discussed with any student his personal views, religious or otherwise, on human gender or sexuality. He taught human anatomy and physiology, ladies and gentlemen. And those four students who decided to walk out, wouldn't you love to call their parents and say, you know, I'm no expert on parenting, but something happened to your kid along the way. And I don't know if it happened on social media If they were indoctrinated at a high school, maybe they went to a public high school where one of their teachers was really big into the LGBTQ community and decided to pay homage to that instead of the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't know if your child went through the transition closet. I have no idea. But something happened, yo. And you've got work to do because it's on you. So this guy gets his job back. Now, would you go back? I would, because to quote Donald Trump, success will be my revenge. This guy who simply said the truth and the progressive ideology, which is supposed to take your truth and shake it up in a snow globe and where everything ends up, that's the new reality. We reject that. And we reject all of you sniveling little snowflakes who are flying around our snow globe. Sit down and shut up because we're done with you. Our number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program is on tap. You know, we're going to flush out some rhinos. You guys ready? How about Paul Ryan? You guys want to start with him first? Let's go. I'm ready. Next. Next.